This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast, sponsored by Visit Bemidji. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's playground. Today we head over to Thousand Lakes, or as we tend to call it, Malax. Steve Sapaniak of Predator Guide Service gets us caught up what's going on over there. And we head over to the Alexandria area for our Lake of the Week. It's all coming up next. I got my fishing pool keys, tackle box in my hand. Gonna cast a few lines with my toes in the sand. Pulling in a big catch makes me feel like a man. But the wife, she just don't understand. I love walleye, perch, trout, and bass. And if you don't like fishing, you can kiss my four-stroke right in the back. Because the fishes all tremble at the thought of me when I'm fishing for Bunyan Country. This is Mandy Year, and you're listening to Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. All right, we're checking in with Steve Sapaniak from Predator Guide Service. Haven't had a chance to talk with Steve the last couple of weeks. How's it been going out on the water, Steve? You know, not too bad, Kevin. You know, the walleye bite is still doing pretty good. Smallmouth bass is doing pretty good also. Uh, northern pike has slowed down a little bit, and musky fishing has slowed down a little bit. It's that time of year, you know. We've been having heat wave after heat wave. Then we get cold fronts moving in, and this is the low time of the year. August usually is. Uh, problem is, if we get some stable weather for once, I think it would help out a lot. Those uh those rain showers we've been having up on the big pond, you know, they're more than welcome. We definitely need it. But when it's really cool and everything, it sort of uh, turns the big fish off a little bit, Kevin. Oh, absolutely. Well, Steve, um, what do the muskies do this time of year? Where are they hunkered down, and, and what can you possibly do to get them to bite? Good question, Kevin. Well, the water temperature has been hanging around 71 to 72 and a half, which is perfect temperature. Uh, you know, they're going to be hanging on the outer edge of the weeds. They're waiting for, you know, early morning to move into feed or late evening, uh, just before sunset to move into feed, you know, and everything. So, like I tell everybody, when we're fishing a weed bed on the outer edge, you know, put six casts to the weed bed and put about four or three of them behind you hit that deeper water because you know right about now they're they're you know trying to find cooler water the uh, muskies love the heat you know unfortunately the uh, big northern pike don't so they'll be deeper this time of year uh muskies uh even though they're sitting a little sluggish this time of year you know with the right presentation you could have some decent luck kevin the problem is trying to figure out what that right presentation is i had three guys the other week they had 12 hits We've seen two of them, you know. What more can you do? I can't, I can't set the hooks for them, and they did a pretty decent job. It's just it happens so quick at times. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. Um, the uh, the musky bite, of course, is something that's only going to get better as the uh, temperatures cool down. We get into fall, but in the meantime, we just kind of have to scrape by and and uh, try to get uh, a bite when we can. Oh, exactly. You know, one thing, if you want to put the odds in your favor, folks, is watch those moon phases. Look for the majors. Look for the minors. Fish during those periods. I know it sounds goofy to a lot of people, but it really has, has a lot to do with fishing. You know, the majors and minors, the moon phases, the only thing that trumps it from not working is a cold front. So, uh, you know, work slow, too. If You know, they're hanging near the bottom. I, this time of year, I love spinner baits, Kevin. Let them sink three, four seconds. Get him right near that bottom. If you think you got a weed, folks, snake down your lure, set the hook. You might be pleasantly surprised what's on the other end, way uh, shaking its big tail. Well, what fish are biting right now? 
Uh, you got the panfish are doing okay on the deeper edges of the weed beds. Early in the morning, the crappies will be on the deep edge of the, uh, the cabbage weeds. The panfish, you know, bluegills and stuff like that, you know, uh, pumpkin seeds will be in the weeds this time of year. But deeper weeds, we're looking at 12 to 16 feet. That's where they're hanging this time of year. The oxygen level isn't depleted. The smallmouth bass are doing pretty good. We're looking at anywhere from 12 to 22 feet of water, Kevin. The rocks have been the key again this time of year. So uh, fish the rocks. Ned rigs have been doing real good. I use a lindy rig moving real slow with uh, about probably a two to three inch sucker minnow. Those uh, smallmouth bass love sucker minnows. But the ned rigs and uh, stuff like that works out real well. Crankbaits as well, too, Kevin, for the smallmouth bass have been doing good. If you're looking for really a fun adventure, go after those largemouth bass. A lot of people know Malax only for its smallmouth. They are huge largemouth. We've taken largemouth up to seven pounds. That's pretty good-sized bass anywhere, Kevin. Oh, absolutely it is. And, of course, uh, Malax, you basically have everything in that lake. You do. It's it's a... Uh, the, the term, I think, is called a plethora of uh, different fish to chase. So, yeah, we've got everything. We've got catfish. We've got bluegill. We've got crappie, walleye, northern, muskie. You've got uh, whitefish. You've got tulipy. You've got sheep's heads. You've got burbot. So right there alone, you've got a bunch to chase after. And like we were talking, burbot has become a legal fish now as far as the table goes. And it's uh, one that's sought over by a lot of people, Kevin. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's gotten to be a very, very popular fish, no doubt. Um, how about the walleyes? Are you still able to catch walleyes this time of year on Mille Lacs? You are, Kevin. Check those. Check the deeper areas. There's a lot of troughs on Mille Lacs Lake. Uh, check out eight mile flat, seven mile flat. I always do a milk run when I'm walleye guiding. Get those flats out there early in the morning, Lindy rigs, you know. Have a snail about this time of year, anywhere from 8 to 10 feet, 11 feet long. Uh, leeches are still a good one to use, as is the uh, bobber in a leech. Also, this time of year, Kevin, crankbaits work out real well early in the morning, late in the evening for walleyes, as well as a three-way uh, three, uh, rig, three rig, excuse me, crawler harness does a great job this time of year. But we're looking at deeper water. They're going to be in the deeper water facing the forage what's out there for them. Different forage in the deeper water over there by the different basins. So that's where I would head out. Okay. Uh, any other lakes you're hearing good reports from? Well, Farm Island's been doing a little bit of uh, action with the walleyes in deeper water. There's a couple humps out there that people have been concentrating on. I go out there. I'm chasing after the bluegill and the crappie. It's a good lake, but there again, too, this time of year, everything's a little bit deeper in the deeper weeds. That has been doing good. Smith Lake has been doing well with the uh, panfish and the walleyes. So there's another good lake to chase after. Uh, Shakopee, I heard there's some action with smalls. Bluegills started to come back. It froze out the other year. But the small bluegills are making their appearance again. Ripple Lake people have been having decent luck with the panfish as well out there. Uh, a lot of crappies, a lot of sunfish. The size-wise, a lot of three to a pound, but you know what? They make a meal. All right. Well, Steve, if uh, if people are thinking of making a trip over there and they're going musky fishing, you got any spots left or are you sold out for the year? I've got a couple of spots left, not many. I know Connor is doing a lot of trips on weekends. He's been having fun, enjoying himself, and catching fish. Uh, please feel free to give us a call. If I can't take you out, Connor certainly can on the weekends. Uh, check our website, prayertoguideservice.com. We got our, uh, I got my landline there. And uh, give me a call on my cell phone, folks, 320-333-2941. 
and good luck fishing to everybody. That's Steve Sapani of Predator Guide Service. Always great to have you on the show, Steve. Thanks for taking the time. My pleasure, Kevin. Thank you. Coming up next, our Lake of the Week. We head over to the Glenwood area office and check in with Storm Kettle Hunt. Gosh, I love that name. I am so jealous of that name as a radio guy. I wish that was my name. Storm Kettle Hunt. We'll talk about the Lake of the Week next. I'm Bruce Jean at Rainy Lake Guiding. I always like to give to those in need. That's why I'm on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, because we all know Kev Jackson is sure in need of knowledge. Hi, I'm Dick Beardsley with Dick Beardsley Fishing Guide Service. Get hooked on Bemidji this summer where you can catch fish as legendary as Paul Bunyan himself. From panfish and walleye to pike, bass, and the elusive muskie, Bemidji provides an exceptional fishing opportunity for all. Immerse yourself in the Northwood setting and experience the natural wildlife Bemidji has to offer. Find out more at visitbemidji.com. Bemidji points to further. Hi, this is Nate Blazing with the Nissel Guide League, and you're listening to Paul Bunyan Country Outdoor. Lake of the weekday, lake of the weekday, lake of the weekday, holy cow! Hey, it's Lake of the Weekday again, indeed, and we are talking uh, once again with Storm Kettle Hut Fisheries Tech out of the Glenwood area office. We're talking about Lake Osakis, which I assume, Storm, is somewhere near Osakis. Correct. It is actually... Touching the town of Osakis, so it uh, should be incredibly easy to find. Uh, <laughs> this is going to be one of the bigger lakes that we've talked about in our area, so uh, different from many of those lakes that only have one access, this has four, one of which is right in the town of Osakis. Um, another one is in, on the west side in Miller Bay, and there is an additional access on the northeast side where it's called Battle Point, and this actually has a nice fishing pier at this access as well, and then Way up on the north end, about a, count, a quarter mile off County Road 10, there's a little access that can be a little tough to find. But if you look on a map, especially on the MN Lake Finder, you'll be able to pull that up. And if you do use that access, you just ask that you're respectful because there are homes on either side. So please pick up your trash and follow the no parking signs that are in place along the road. Okay. And, and it, you know, as I'm looking at it, it looks to me like we got all the usual suspects uh, with uh, one caveat. Uh, first lake we've talked about so far this year, in which I see there's some smallmouth in there, too. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, one of those unique fish for our area, especially the size that they can get to out there. Um, it's not something that we don't see a ton of. Uh, you know, in our surveys, we'll have a few maybe uh, in some of those deeper nests or along the rocky shorelines there. When we're out bass electric fishing, we'll stumble into a couple. But um, the size structure is incredibly impressive. Uh, we've seen fish, you know, starting to push that 20-inch range, and a lot of them are in that mid-teen area. So if it's something you're looking to target, uh, I personally have had many headaches induced by trying to find these fish, and I have stumbled across them a few times. And they're fun when you get on them, but uh, someone with a little more skill at bass fishing than me can probably have a <laughs> much better time. Well, uh, again, like I said, it has all the usual suspects, uh, bass, panfish, lots of northerns, and a good solid walleye population, too. Yeah, this is a really cool lake. Um, based, you know, just due to the size, uh it's almost like two separate lakes where the north end is very productive. Uh, you can see algae blooms up there, and that can actually happen across the whole lake due to the, that productivity from that north end shifting down through the whole lake. But um, those high nutrient levels come through from that north end, and 
uh, push throughout that whole lake and you get further south and in that mid lake area there is a ton of structure uh, some huge feeding flats some points and rocky areas so a really diverse population out there which is cool to see and kind of what you expect from some of our bigger lakes but the fact that you almost have it broken into two areas like that really adds a bit of uniqueness to it what would you say is the most popular fish to go for on Osakis? Oh, man. That's got to be a toss-up. The panfish do get a lot of attention, um, but the walleye are a big hit out there as well. I do have to say, Osakis is known almost nationally. We just had a Creole survey where we were talking to people from uh, Tennessee and Texas. So people are aware that there are very large bluegills in this lake, mm. uh, and that is also part of the reason that it is a quality sunfish initiative lake where uh, the bag limit was reduced from 20 to 10. Uh, I, it helps kind of maintain or improve that size structure out there. Yeah. I tell you, I, you know, it's hard. I mean, when we do these special regulations and these new programs, you, you do have to give it a wide berth before you really know what's happening. But to me, what I've heard the last few years, these early results are really, really good for the Panfish Initiative. Yeah, and it's looking promising. Uh, unfortunately, ours are all within the last couple of years. We haven't had a chance to get back out and really evaluate. And honestly, it's probably too early to see any real drastic changes. But, you know, something like in Osakis, where it is very productive, the panfish, especially your sunfish, grow incredibly fast. Where if we can stop having so many of those large fish harvest and just keep them in the system a little longer, uh, we could really see a drastic change back to you know, what we were even seeing five, ten years ago with a lot of nine-inch and up to ten-inch fish around it. You know, right now those have just been getting hammered in the wintertime and we're seeing less and less where, uh, like I said, hopefully protect a few more and keep those in the system so they become more of the norm rather than the, the rarity. Um, any concerns on Lake Osakis right now? Uh, I guess one of the newer ones would be zebra mussels were discovered in 2017 uh, as part of that. You know, the, the common worries of it reduced uh, food availability for the juvenile fish, increasing water clarity and what that might do. But uh, over time, Osakis has done fairly well as far as hanging on there. And it's such a big lake, it might take a while before we truly see some of those impacts. Um, one other issue that has brought up some contention is in Miller Bay. Uh, there's some sediment that builds up in there. One of those things, that if you're launching a boat out of that access later in the summer, if the water's low, it can get a little mucky, so be careful there and uh, maybe scope it out before you dump a boat in and be careful cruising around in there for sure. I'm assuming it's a fairly well-developed lake as well. Certainly. Yeah, there mm-hmm. are a lot of homes around that lake. Uh, pretty centralized location for uh, this part of the state, a lot of big cities around. And in between some of those larger ones like St. Cloud and Fargo and you know, even not that far from Minneapolis. So there are some lake homes and cabins, a good mixture of both, and then year-round residents who are living in, you know, Long Prairie, Parkers Prairie, Fergus, even Fergus Falls we've seen, Alexandria, Osakis, towns like that. Talked a lot about the uh, bass fish, or the uh, panfish. Um, is it a popular bass fishing lake? Uh, you do see a fair amount. Like I said, the big driver out there is probably your, your bluegills and walleye and crappie but you do see a fair amount of bass boats going in out there uh this last year our catch rates were fairly low they're only 16 and a half per hour for largemouth 
compared to 2018 where it was 82 fish an hour. Oh, wow. Okay. We think that's likely from a cold front that was coming through when we were electric fishing. Just one of those scheduling things. We couldn't work around it, unfortunately. Um, but we don't think that's a huge drop-off in the population. And uh, there's a decent size structure for the largemouth. You might have to do a little bit of sorting fishing out there, but there are some chances to catch big fish, you know, those upper teens. And as we talked about earlier, the unique opportunity to hit some smallmouth out there, that definitely draws some pressure. Well, with those panfish numbers, I'm guessing it's a very popular ice fishing lake as well. Yes, yeah, that is a huge driver out there. The the panfish really get a lot of attention in the wintertime, and it's probably... Uh, one of our busier lakes in the area, for sure, especially in the wintertime. It's fairly easy to get onto. Those big houses can make it out, and uh, they do pile in there pretty good. Okay, and again, uh, if you're looking for it, just go to Osakis. Yeah, yep, <laughs> from there. And then uh, if you're looking to get to any of those other accesses, go ahead and pull up Minnesota Lake Finder. and They're all labeled on there. Go back to the start of this interview, and you can listen to me talk. <laughs> okay. He is Storm Kettlehut. He is the fisheries technician out of the Glenwood Area Fisheries Office, and he's given us the details on Osakis, our Lake of the Week. Storm, as always, thanks for the time today. I appreciate it, Kev. Have a good one.